Welcome to the Slam Radio Podcast, featuring Kane Gang. I'm hurt, dog. Don't ask me if I'm all right. Hell no. Joaquin said dominate, and we not doing it. I put my heart in this dog. Let's go, man. Let's go. Kane Gang. Kane Gang. Kane Gang. You're listening to Kane Gang, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Orange and green, that's Kane Gang. You ready to storm 18? That's Kane Gang. Kane Gang. Good morning, everybody out there in Radio World. It's another edition of the Kane Gang Radio Show here on Sirius XM, channel 145. It's your boy DC, as always, chopping up with the bird, John Michaels up in the ATL. And uh, we do got a special guest joining us here shortly. Um, obviously, he's not, you know, he's not like new, like a new guest. He's family to us, man. You know, obviously, like I've known four for a long time, and uh, it's always good to chop it up, whether or not it's it's in the orange and green, or if it's up in the ATL, wherever it is, man, it's always good to see. So first and foremost, guys, how are you guys doing this week? Feeling good, man. Feeling good. Just uh, what are we, like in the 30s now until uh, season kicks off here? 40 days. Yeah. 40, okay. Well, by the time we air on Friday, we'll be. It yeah, will be 36. Oh, no, 30. 35. 35. 36, 36 right? I'm not good at math. They, yeah, they, told me <laughs> they told me there would be no math in football other than sevens and threes. Oh, life is good. Um, weekend didn't quite go how we wanted it recruiting-wise. Unlike yeah. the other lunatics on social media who are ready to jump off the building, <laughs> I can help and push from behind. Go ahead. No, um, dude, I'm not ba- I'm not banking my life on 17-year-olds and their decision. Oh, no. man. Get back to me in December when we're ranked fifth and Mario's getting the job done. Facts, facts. Word. Well, speaking of recruiting, obviously there's a young gentleman that we would have loved to have had in his last class. So let's bring on our guest for, for this week, Mr. Earl Little Sr., Number four, as we like to like recognize him because to me, number means respect. So, Earl, what's happening, boss? Hey, Danny, man, how you doing, man? Glad to be here. Thank you guys for having me again. We're good. We're good. So, obviously, obviously, John brought up, you know, obviously recruiting, and obviously, as, as a parent, as, as a, a former, you know, student athlete yourself, that recruiting process can be pretty challenging, and, and I'm sure it's probably a lot more challenging today because of social media and what's gone into it than it was when you were back then. Can you kind of differentiate the two, obviously, when you were being recruited and when Junior was being recruited? Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's totally different. Uh, you know, I, I've been through it in three ways. I've been through it as a player, also as a coach, and also as a parent. And so I've seen it from um, all three sides. So uh, a lot of pressure on these kids, uh, but that's that's where good parenting comes from. And um, and that's what the parents got to be involved with their kids and with their kids recruiting because there's so much pressure coming from social media, you know, uh, and just just people in general for these young men. And some people fail to realize no matter how talented they are, they still babies. They still kids. They 17, 18 years old. And uh, and they going through a, a stressful time that they have to make a decision that the decision that's right for them, that's going to um, impact their lives and their um, careers. You know, um, so these are like the most like they say the old phrase is most important four years of your life. So it's definitely changed. Uh, but at the same time, when you have a strong team behind you, uh, don't let people put the pressure on you. You know, you you can make that transition real real smooth. And I wanted to talk to you from a parent aspect. You know, I've got my son's thirteen. Uh, just finished his first time playing AAU travel ball and basketball and started to see kind of what that pressure is about. What advice would you give to just parents in general that have kids that are getting ready to go through that process and potentially whether it's D1 or NAIA, just making that decision to go play college athletics? Uh, I, the, I, the, the, way I, the way I did it with Earl, uh, 
uh, the year before, you know, I was taking him on unofficial visits. Uh, I think when he was a sophomore, uh, uh, sophomore and junior, I was taking him on unofficial visits so he can get used to it. But just from a, 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 a standard part, just, just be there for your kids and just make sure that your kids tell your kids that, Hey man, uh, you got to stay humble. You got to stay level-headed with this uh, because, you know, you don't have all kinds of people telling you how great you are and whatever. Don't forget the work that, that what got you there, continue to put the work in. And, uh, and once you do that, man, and tell them just focus and tell them it's a process and enjoy the process because they recruiting you, you're recruiting them at the same time. So it's almost like a chess match. Uh, so I just think that's, that's the best way to go about it there to me, honestly, uh, I know I have a lot of experience in it, so there's it, no, it's no like no magic, no secret potion to it, man. I just parents has got to be parents, man. And I think in basketball, it's a little bit different because, like you said, you guys are 13 years old and you got got people coming at you. A friend of ours, uh, uh, she went to junior high school with me. Her and her brother, uh, named, um, um, Carrie, she has a daughter uh, named Jalen. Uh, she plays at uh, I think she plays at Country Day. She just got offered for Florida State, and I think she's only like in the eighth grade. But she's a really wow. good basketball player. So, you know, in basketball, it comes quick. Yeah. You, you know, one thing that, that kind of stands out, obviously, it's no secret that Heritage pushes out a lot of talent. Obviously, right. and we'll get into the fact that you're not at Heritage, you're now at St. Thomas Aquinas. But, you know, over the last couple of years, you've seen a lot of people, especially fans, social media, you know, people, you know, criticizing University of Miami about not landing the top kids coming out of heritage. They wanted to blame Coach Rump. They wanted to blame this guy. They wanted to blame that guy. But in reality, when Miami is not good, why do, you know, five-star recruits want to go to Miami, right? You look at Bama, you know, and again, obviously juniors at Bama. Can you talk a little bit about the heritage pipeline going to big D1 schools? Um, from Prior to me, I really can only speak on when I was at Heritage. But prior to me, I was told – by the guys that 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 that's coaching there, that uh, Miami came at the Heritage guys late, mm. and I also can vouch for that because when I was there, they came at the Heritage guys late. You yeah. know, uh, I remember the kid Doug that played wide receiver. Uh, they came at him super late. They came at uh, Bonte Brown that's at um, UCF playing DB, who's Sovereign so, Brown's son. Brown. The former yeah. came. You know, uh, might be a first-round draft pick. Uh, he ball out again this year. Uh, he could come out early, but uh, they came at those guys late. And, uh, and I just think that uh, you got to jump on these guys early and build that relationship because even if you jump on them late, you, but you can't you can't come on them super late uh, in, in in a recruiting period because it, they they don't they've built these relationships with these coaches in these schools that it's kind of hard for them to pull away from it. So I just think uh, and, and not think and also. Miami doesn't recruit itself like it once, like it once um, did back in the '80s and the '90s and the early 2000s, because it all boils down to what winning, you know. Yeah. And, and that's that's the bottom line, you know. Once once we get back to where winning championships, you know, and and stuff like that, that's when you can really say we're back. I see people saying, "Oh, we're back, we're back," and I also see people on Twitter when they saying, uh, "I just look at it and I was like, yeah, they're right." Like Randall Thrill Hill, he he even tweeted yeah. it out the other day. Yeah. You know, but you got to you got to win, you know, and that's what it's all about. And then I think with when that comes on and you playing like and constantly in the playoffs and, and competing and winning national championships, then you can get back to where it once was. Let me ask you this, Earl, you know, going back to the Miami and always trying to recruit these kids late. Do you feel like that is just because Miami figures, hey, these kids are local. They're in our backyard. You know what? Let them do what they're going to do. Obviously, we're going to throw an offer out to them. 
you know, and, and, you know, hook, line and sinker type deal. But that's not the case today. Everybody today is like, you know, show me the money, right? And I'm using that as, as yeah, a phrase, but it's, you know, it's show me this, show me what you got. You talk about Selwyn's kid, you know, up there at UCF. I'm talking about the other kid that's at Heritage right now. I'm talking about this other younger kid. That dude is going to be a beast too. Like Damari Brown? Damari's a beast. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Dude, like, you know, and again, you look Ooh. at Hodges, who, you know, now is at UCF. There's a lot of kids, you know, you look at Sertain, you look at Tyson Campbell, you know, look, if Junior can follow in the steps that, that Sertain did, went up to Bama, sat there, mold. Again, look, you're talking about probably, I think we'd all agree, Nick Saban's probably the greatest college coach that, that, that's ever been around. I mean, you could go back and bear Bryant and, right. you know, those type of things. But again, that's the Alabama guy, right? Like, they have the formula. So what's it going to take for Miami to start landing some of these big guys? Now, again, I know you know Mario. He's not Manny Diaz, right? <laughs> Mario's <laughs> built different. <laughs> I bet we're going to touch on that no, at some no point. No disrespect. Again, no <laughs> disrespect. I, again, Manny Diaz yeah. was the head coach here for four years. He was a defensive coordinator here. But Mario is just built different. Right. Yeah, um, I just think uh... – like I said, the school doesn't recruit itself, you know, and uh, and I just think, I think all the glamour and stuff, what I see on Twitter and and, and what they're doing, and, and you know, I just think a lot of people have to understand that these kids nowadays they wasn't even alive when we when we won our last national championship and 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 go back further. So they only thing they know is what people have told them. They it's all it's like Jody Watley. What have you done for me lately? You know, that's that's what it's all about. And and these kids are winning. These schools are recruiting hard. And and um and so and, and I and I think that's what comes that, I think that's what that's what I think that's what comes with it. Uh that they just gotta recruit. And that, now you gotta get Mario and, and the guys their prop. They're doing a hell of a job down there recruiting right now. Uh so they're getting a lot of kids to, uh, that that's committed to these guys, but also comes with that is you gotta win now. You know, because some of these guys, because a commitment doesn't mean anything, you know, because, uh, you know, you have a, like Mario and, and all the other universities, they still recruiting other kids at those positions because they're on their board. They say, OK, well, we got the top kid, we got this kid and we got the third kid. So if we don't get this this guy that's committed, now we got to try to keep, we got to continue having that relationship with that guy that's ranked three, four and five. So because nothing is nothing is sealed until December 18th and then February 4th. So I just think uh, as far as um, getting back to it, man, you just have to um, recruit these guys and stay on them. And you got to do it early, you know, because yeah. like and, and, and not to beat a dead horse like you brought up the Manny situation. Uh, from what I was told from a reliable source down at Miami, you know, before National Signing Day was that they felt like the top kids at Heritage and, and in South Florida that they feel disrespected that, that the kids aren't choosing Miami. And that's when I said it before. You got to pound the pavement. And you got to recruit these kids because these kids don't know about and they didn't see what they see now with the, with the small phones that we have. And you right. can go on Twitter. You can see what Clemson looked like. You yep. can see what Alabama looked like. You can see what Ohio State looked like. You can see what USC, Oregon Ducks looked like without even going there physically. Yeah. So you have to recruit and you also have to uh, build these relationships because at the bottom line, that's what it's all about, building relationships with these kids and their parents. We've heard Mario is just a monster when it comes to that, building relationships. And from what somebody told me down in South Florida, they said the difference between Manny and Mario, Manny would go and look, okay, if there's a five-star, he might go and see that kid, but he didn't care about anybody else. What I was told about Mario, 
He's going to go to schools whether they have a five-star, a four-star, or a no-star just to build a relationship with the coaches, potential kids, and maybe three years from now, that's the ability to go out and get somebody that shows up at that school. Is that what you've heard? Is that kind of a fact? Yeah, that, that's that's um, that's that's kind of. Well, I could just give you my. I could just give you uh, our experience with uh, with the Manny situation. I'm, and like I said before, I think people got people got it mixed up when I came on over a year ago when we talked about this. Uh, we didn't have a relationship with Buddy. It's not that I I don't even know him, so it's not that I don't like him or dislike him or whatever. There was never a relationship was there. Now the communication was with DVD and the communication was with uh, T Rod, you know. Uh, but so I just think that with Mario doing doing that, Mario uh, being one of the top recruiters when he was at Alabama uh, in the country, voted in the country when he was there, and did a great job recruiting guys from all over the country at Oregon. So I just think that it would it would totally it, it would be totally different. In that situation, when it comes to what towards the head coach, so uh, I just think um, they're on the right path for what they're doing right now, and um, we just got to see how I play on the field. Let, let me touch base on this. You, you made a great comment. You had no relationship with the head coach of the University of Miami, and again, as 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 dumbfounding as it sounds, and John and Bird, we, we probably understand this, right? You're talking about a former alumni who played in the league, who has a you know four-star you know recruit in your backyard but yet you don't reach out and, and talk with the parent like i just i don't understand that and i and i can't i can't just say hey hey earl you're lying because you're not the only one who's told us in in certain circumstances about that situation or in another situation so obviously the proof is in the pudding you know what i mean um obviously we didn't land some guys you know again we were fortunate last year to kind of land like a james williams you know a leonard taylor obviously we would like to have some other kids but it just it's dumbfounding to me how a head coach does not talk to again a parent of a high you know rated kid but also a former alumni like that's what's baffling to me yeah it was it was um it was baffling to me because uh i said on on many shows back then when, when earl was being recruited that uh that you have to uh there's no bias going into this you have to recruit them you have to recruit recruit this kid uh just as well as the other schools that are recruiting and it was kind of baffling to me because they didn't use the resources that they had uh, or have um with him because not one time i've ever been invited to uh to coach at the paradise camp and when people knew that he was a a, a youth football phenom you know, so his name was already out there on social media, and then and him coming into high school, uh, being a starting cornerback, uh, playing on varsity and JV as a freshman, uh, played in the playoff game, 32 snaps as a freshman, um, and, uh, and then started uh, from the sophomore year. And and actually, uh, even though they had him listed as a four-star recruit, he was Bama's number one recruit this year. He was their number one target, and uh, and uh, but he. He, they never they could have used the resource okay right this like you said d his dad is a former player here he played nine years in the league you know coaching high school ball whatever you could have brought that kid down there when he was a sophomore you could have had him down there and that would have been your way of building that relationship with the guy you know because like i said like i'm not upset that i didn't um coach at the that that, did, that i was never invited at uh at, at, at the paradise camp but i'm just talking about as far as recruiting and using your resources and and, 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 and taking advantage of building that relationship because at the end of the day 
the words you keep hearing is relationships and and that didn't happen and and that that was on him now and i'm talking about the head coach because like i said uh dvd and uh and t-rod they, they did a good job recruiting it's crazy to hear stuff like this and it makes me dislike that former head coach even a little bit more i i'm very outspoken if you ever follow me on twitter no not Saturdays, john michaels i am a maniac and manny diaz was in the crosshairs he's only second to al golden al, al golden's the only person that's ever I, he was the first person to ever blocked me on social you know, media you want sorry to cut you off but you want to know what's crazy when Al Golden was here, I even uh, had video. Al Golden was like, this kid is going to be a phenom. And Al Golden had a, he, he built a little relationship with Earl when he was coaching. Every time he saw Earl and I would bring him out there on campus, he would always, he, I mean, he would like play catch with Earl. Like okay. they would, they, they um, we had a scrimmage, not a scrimmage. Yeah, we had a practice of something at my land park. When I say we, meaning UM football program. And Earl was out there, uh, him and Al, Al, Al got him running routes, throwing, throwing, throwing the ball to him. So that that was that that that, that was cool. Like that that was cool to, to actually see that, you know, just 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 to have that that type of relationship. But I just I uh, I just think that man right now, you know, I think um, they got they got the right person there, and um, and uh, they they can get they getting it going, and and you got to give it to them what they're doing in recruiting. They're doing a hell of a job right now. Yeah, Mario's doing a fantastic job. I got to bring this up because it popped up. I was at SEC Media Days last week, and of course, all the the SEC Yahoo's come to me because they see all the Miami Ink, and they're like, "Oh, your turnover chain's going away." And I said, "Dude, it, it's over." You know, it was it was cool in seventeen. It was cool in eighteen. Outside of me buying them just to wear them, I, they did nothing anymore. Um, what was your thoughts on that? Was it was had that run its course? Did it need to go away? And was that something that you guys in the '90s would have loved to have had with all the swagger you guys had? Honestly, I don't wear jewelry anyway, so that's not a big thing. That's not a big thing for me. But uh, it was it was way overdue, man. Uh, it, I, I I don't want to say I, I never really liked it, but I never looked at it like with like I was sucking on a lemon. You know what I mean? I never yeah. because you know the kids were having fun, and in the 17 year they was having a good year. They was having fun with it. Uh, but I just never um, like me and Lamar Thomas. We spoke about this uh, when we when I was on the podcast with him um, a while a while back. Uh, that because excuse me, there were times like we getting our head beat in, and then we get a turnover, and you pull it out. Like what? Like that 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 that, that was crazy to me. So uh, I was never really too 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 much of a fan of it. We were down twenty seven to three to Alabama. I was sitting my ass in the third row here in Georgia. <laughs> And they oh. run and put that chain on. And I looked at my wife and I said, this is so damn embarrassing. She goes, don't you like the chain? I said, not down 27 to 3. I don't like the damn yeah. chain. Or, or you're down 66 to 13 against Carolina. And then you, oh, you score and you bring out the touchdown rings. Oh. Like, come on, man. Like, what are we doing? So, so I, I got to ask. I, I guess I got to be the elephant in the room, right? So, so Earl, obviously the thing with Manny went south. But we get our quote unquote, I don't want to use the word savior, but we get Mario. What? Uh-oh. He's breaking oh, up. He, oh, he, oh, he froze right he there. Froze, he, to, he froze. Oh, I should, I should like, take a picture of the, of the like screen freeze. right now. Put his arm up. Obviously, we get Mario. That's a big you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, John's taking a picture of it right now. Picture of it. I can tell you, he is he is cursing up and down right now in his internet connection. Because this was happening last week when we had Bondo hanging out with us all week. Yeah, he, he dropped like two or three times. And, of course, you know, John and I pick him up. But uh, – Oh, man, that's funny. Man. I could assume he was so, going to ask, what were your thoughts when it all came down that Mario was going to be the head coach? 
Um, well, everybody, that that was the rumor that was going out, going down. And I got a couple friends of mine that uh, they donate a lot of money to the school. So, uh, and we've been friends since '93. Uh, met them at UM, and um, them and their families. Uh, so I kind of knew, I kind of had a feeling. And then when we took the official visit out to Oregon um, after the game, after the Civil War game, uh, he called me. Uh, he Facetime me, and and I was looking at him, and I'm kind of wondering like, where is he? Like, because I knew it wasn't like an office or whatever. And I'm trying to figure out. And then he was like, "Hey, man, I'm on a private jet right now. I'm heading down to Miami." Uh, you know, he said that that is, that, he, that his mom was ill uh, oh. at the time. And then I was like, oh, "Okay," but also, I can't front. Uh, I also said to myself, "He's probably going down there to handle some business as well." So this is like <laughs> this is like a, a perfect time for that. So uh, uh, that's that's when I kind of uh, really felt that okay, this might this might happen for real. So listen, I apologize. Like they, they're running through, <laughs> five, bro. They're running. They're digging up my whole like neighborhood, and they're di- putting all new fiber lines in, and they're out oh. there working. And it's, it's it's like for two weeks now, my internet's been going in and out. And Mondo, I'm talking about spent all those money on season tickets. Listen, <laughs> knock it oh, off, Mondo. There we go. Twelve thousand dollars on season tickets. So your oh, internet man. is better than it is right now. <laughs> so uh, did you guys, uh, Earl? Did you well, answer my question? We never got your question, so I asked one. I, I, <laughs> he was I, talking I, in the air. <laughs> so, hey, so let, this is what happens when you're live and unscripted yeah. and unfiltered. So this is what this is what I was going to ask, girl. Obviously, Manny was no long. Manny's no longer here. That 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 bridge, you know, that was burned and that ship has sailed. But Mario's here. We're still in the recruiting cycle. Was there any chance that Junior was looking to come to UM? Um. First and foremost, let me let me let me go back to the Manny situation because I don't know Buddy, so it's not that it's not like I don't like him or anything like that because I know he's still a college football coach. I, both of my safeties are are committed to Penn State, you know, so I don't have a, I don't know Buddy. I don't have a problem if I see the man. Of course, I'm a professional. I'm gonna talk to him. You know, whatever. Yeah. I don't dislike Buddy. I don't know him, but it's just funny to me now when I see that how a lot of fans was getting on me. When I only said that there was never a relationship, I never said yeah. anything else about Buddy. But now these same people are so happy that he's gone. <laughs> you <Bro>. know, <laughs> so it's just, it's just yeah. mind-boggling to me with that. But but when when he when when Mario when Mario actually became official, uh, you know, he was like, whoa, he was like Mario's head coach at Miami now. You know, but that was, it, it was just, it was just too late. Too late, yeah, yeah. Just too I late. figured, I figured yeah. as much. So, can can I ask you to go into a little bit without you know going into anything that's you know that that's between you guys' family because I know you guys are close. But the day Morio has his press conference, he goes and you know supposedly, I mean, we're pretty sure he went and came over to your house and he visited yeah, with you guys. He did. What's what's that pitch like? I mean, can you highlight some of what what that pitch was like, like coming in on day one with all that energy that he brought? Bird, it's this. Manny sucked. I'm here. Let's make it happen. It's like, bro, <laughs> <laughs> hey, Twitter, Co, don't believe what the Twitter fans tell you recruiting's like, man. We know it's a lot different. But Bird, we're literally a fourth and fourteen away from still having Manny Diaz as our coach. <laughs> this is true. This is true. This is true. But I mean, I'm just kind of curious. I mean, you know, because because the thing is, and I, you know, I know we talked when we saw you, and we, man, we probably spent two hours talking after the Alabama game with, you know, with you and the family, and uh, you know, I mean, one of the things I remember you saying was like, "Yo, that dude's that dude's as real as they come, man." So I'm just kind of curious, you know, when somebody comes in and they pitch you on it, you know, like you know, kind of how does give me some highlights from that pitch. 
honestly, it really wasn't a, it really wasn't a pitch. It was just almost like friends just talking, just having conversations and and you know and, and things like that. And so and so really I, I don't remember it being like a like a pitch at all. But you know, but for him to to come down and you know and, and come to the house that exact same day uh when, when he got the job, that was impressive. Cause that 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 right there enough showed that he really wanted the kid. But he was also showing that when he was um three hours time time zone difference when he was in Oregon, when he would text us at seven in the morning here and it's mm. four AM there. I remember Maybe one time I, I yeah, I remember one time I asked him, I was like, buddy, what you doing up so early? He was like, oh man, I gotta get it going, you know, and gotta get the kids ready. I'm like, the kids ready. It was like some military stuff. The kids not the kids not ready for school right now. So but you know, uh, but he, he Got to give him his props. He's a grinder when it comes to the recruiting stuff. You know what I mean? He's a grinder. So, but it really wasn't. It really wasn't a pitch. It was just talking. You know, talking. You know what we've been talked about, and and he wanted to know some of the. Um, some of the. He didn't want to know. We talked about some of the, the little. Uh, what I say, little minor little issues. You know, or whatever. You know, misquote. You know, uh, things that were said on Twitter. You know, and things like that. But uh, but that was that was pretty much it. You know, and then uh, talking about. Uh, yeah, I just know you said that things were going to be different, you know, and then, then you just have to wait and you see. And as you see, they're doing a, they're doing a really good job hiring coaches and, and, and you know, and, and uh, bringing coaches in that, that, that recruit, that has a history of recruiting really well. And, and it's showing what they're doing. And NIL helps too. Yeah, that, that doesn't hurt at all. I've always wanted to know, and I've, I've got to meet Nick Saban sort of in passing uh, at SEC Media Days, getting two or three questions with him, but never really getting a chance. What's he like away from football? You know, when he comes to your house to recruit your son, is he personable? Is he laughing? Is he cracking jokes? Is he eating food? Like, I just, I see him as a robot and would love to know, is there a personality behind Nick Saban? <laughs> now, he's, he's definitely not a ro robot. He, he's a funny dude. He's got a great personality. Uh, but when he's talking ball, you know, uh, you know you're definitely going to sit there and listen to him. And, uh, and uh, because I always look at it like this, I don't think I know it all as a coach or whatever, so I'm always learning. And, uh, and when I go to coaches' conventions, I go sit in those meetings. I don't feel like, oh, all right. Even so, I know a lot of some of the stuff that they're talking about. But there's always something that you can find, like a diamond in a rough. And then when this man comes into your house and he talks to you, and him and him and Earl, they spoke X's and O's for a minute, you know. So wow. we're all sitting there, and he was talking balls, talking ball about, you know, certain coverages. He loved his cover seven that he runs uh, over there in Bama. And um but as far as having a great personality, he does, man. He's not that guy that you see that's fiery uh, Stoic. on the sideline. <laughs> but, you know, he's going to get the best out of his players, and he does a great job doing it. And and, and, and his record speaks for itself. It's so, funny so, you say that. I know, I know you played in the league. I, I did radio for the Falcons for almost a decade. And just to sit and talk to – like, I think I know football. I've been around the game forever. I don't know football like you know it. You probably don't know it like Nick Saban knows it. You know, I'll talk talk with Matt Ryan or whatever, and they just start. It's just it, it's almost like science breaking down the game. And I'm always fascinated. I'm always one. I would just sit back and listen. I was kind of like you. I want to learn. I want to see what you're seeing. I want to know what a quarterback looks at. That to me is the part of the game that I can never get enough of. Yeah, that's that that that's that's exactly how I was as a kid. I mean, I should draw stuff up and then I should draw a football field, draw one play, and then draw something, then throw it away and draw something totally different. And then, uh, and then just I've always been a student of the game. And, uh, and like I knew I wanted to coach, but I really, really knew it 
when I was my last few years in Cleveland, when I would study, you know, when I would be in my meeting rooms and I would study uh, Chuck Pagano and Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles is a freaking genius, brother. Let me tell you guys right now. Tampa Bay, they got the right dude over there as far as yeah. you know, coaching, because uh, the, the X's and O's, I learned a lot from T. Bowles. He lived right around the corner from us in Cleveland, so uh, the families were uh, was cool. But uh, he, um, but he, he, I learned a lot from him. So I would sit there and, and I, w- I would watch what he would do, and uh, and that's some of the same, some of the same stuff that he teaches. That I can't give it all to these high school players, but right. I know I break it down and put my little twist to it. And uh, but I, I learned a lot, and, and you always can learn from others, man. And that's what it's all about. But that guy right there, uh, actually, um, when he was talking some of his X's and O's, I knew exactly what he was. Uh, what he was doing and what he was talking about. So we kind of, we kind of have. I'm not saying I'm Nick Saban. I got Nick Saban um, football knowledge, but I'm definitely, I definitely knew exactly what he was talking about. You know, you talk about coaching. Obviously, you know, high school over there at Jackson. You were at Jackson. You know, um, you were at Jackson. Then you were at Heritage. Now you're at St. Thomas. Do you see any difference from going from Jackson to Heritage to St. Thomas? Man, I was at, I was at. I retired in 06. I was doing, I, I got in in that 07. I wanted to give back to the community where I grew up. So one, I was going to the West cause my parents went to the West, but you know, Billy Rowe, for whatever reason, buddy act like he didn't want me on staff or, or whatever. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna leave, I'm gonna go to Central and I'm gonna coach against him and I'm gonna beat him. And that's exactly what I did. Uh, uh, so I coached at Central, man, I coached, I coached at Crop for one year. Crop, I coached Crop, at yeah. my daughter's school, Cooper Miami City, Crop. for three years. And I went to Cypress Bay for one year. Then I went to Jackson. So I've been, I've been at, I've been from here on down. Different levels. You know, yeah, different levels. So uh, the difference, uh, the difference is, you know, some of these pro- these private schools, you get, you got more resources. You know, you got, a, you got a lot more that's going on. Uh, but also inside the old neighborhoods, uh, the inner city where I grew up, you know, you, you got you get a lot of ballers, you know, uh, you know, so you get a lot of ballers over there. So over here, you just got to teach more, you know what I mean? And that's what I'm all about anyway. I feel that you could put me anywhere and I can coach football. You know, a lot of people don't realize uh, at 2010, 11, and 12, I was an assistant head coach and defensive coordinator at Cooper City High School. That's where my daughter went. Uh, and we played St. Thomas. I think they was ranked third in the nation. And we beat St. Thomas. I had those little five ten, five eight white boys. We went out there and beat, <laughs> and we beat Bosa. We beat Brian Coxon. We beat yep. all those guys that was on that team. You know, it wasn't a like a hail mary beat. It was, it was a, um, it was a actually beat. Our offense had negative yards. You can look oh, it up. Wow. They had negative yards statistically that whole game. We beat them off defense and special teams. So that's so that's why I always knew I can coach, but I knew that. When I did that with those type of players that I had at Cooper City, and we went out there and beat St. Thomas on their home turf, you know, and just just strategizing and game planning and, and having the kids that was re- ready to go out there and play, you know, and I've, I've coached against St. Thomas with tremendous talent. You know, we coached, we coached against them when I was at Heritage two years in a row, and we lost to them, you know? So I just think that we could have did more collectively as a coaching staff, you know, and put our egos aside. We, we we could have beat them, but you know sometimes that's how, that's how it goes. But I know I know my coaching. I know what I can do. I know uh, I know it's impressive, and it's not me being arrogant about it. I'm just I kind of toot my horn a little bit because yeah. I take pride in what I do. It's and, called uh, confidence. And if, you, and if you're not in it, and if you're not Swagger. in it for these kids, you know the same way I I, I I treat my son and take care of my son. You know that's how I do with other people's kids because if I got this much football knowledge. 
Why can't I teach it to the kids? And some people say, well, man, you can't do that. You can't do this. I always say, if they teach a flipper how to do tricks, they teach a dolphin how to do tricks at the right. Sequarium, you can teach these high school football kids how to play football the right way. So let me ask you, did you did you coach Daryl Porter? What, did he play for you? Junior? Daryl Porter Jr.? Junior. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, I got to time it messed up. But. Yeah, his senior year, his senior year. Yep. Yeah, so uh, so what do you think Miami's getting getting with it, this kid now? He's had a couple years out of West Virginia, and he's coming in. Uh, actually, uh, he's not missing a year because he played last no, year. He played, he played last year. year at West Virginia. Right. You know, uh, he played his first two years. Uh, he's a really good cornerback. He's, he's, he's an intelligent football player. Uh, he he always been a ball hawk. So I've been knowing him since he was a little kid. So he's, he's been a ball hawk since he was a little kid. So uh, he's definitely uh, – they're getting a tremendous football player, a, a cerebral football player. That, uh, that's going to go out there and he's going to make some plays for him. So I'm excited to see him um, um, do his thing at the U. Let's go back and have some fun, man. Let's go back to some of the days when you were there in the 90s, getting getting to Miami. You know, so, uh, unfortunately, sort of at the end of the dynasty, dealing with uh Grant scandal yeah. and, and probation and everything. But you got there with Coach Erickson, and I've heard nothing but good things about Coach Erickson. That's what my guy. Like? I mean, I heard he was just one of the most fun dudes you could ever be around. Yeah, man, Coach E, like when, when you hear the term uh, a player's coach, Coach E really cared, cared about the players. You know, uh, he, he he coached us hard. He got on us. And I know some people say, well, oh, they this happened and that happened. Yeah, it happened because it was more microscopes on it because it was at Miami. But some of those things also happened at Ohio State's, at the Alabamas and all, all the USC's, you know, and all that stuff. So, but uh, but uh, but Coach E was the man, man. Coach E was he was the type of guy that if a kid didn't have a see, that's not my internet. I know. <laughs> Look back before we, before we went on air. It happened too. <laughs> I got a call. I got a call coming through. Uh, so, so, so my boy. I was like, Jamil- damn, it's my internet again. <laughs> my boy, my boy Jamilio, my boy Jamilio just called me. So uh, that's my boy. He, he, uh, he was my offensive coordinator at Jackson. He's now one of our assistant running back coaches at St. Thomas. Uh, nice. But uh, but we uh, what was I talking about? Talking about talking? Coach E. Oh yeah, Coach E. He, he's the type of one of the guys that. Uh, he would let he would he would let a guy like Trent Jones or another guy that that was his size wear his suit, like literally like wear one of his tailor made Armani suits on a road trip. That's the type of guy Coach E was. Coach E was Coach E was that guy. I mean, forget like people on the outside who didn't know him and, and, and say this and say that. Coach, yeah, yeah, of course he had his little bottle every now and then, you know. But, who does? But, <laughs> But he, but 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 Coach, he was that guy, man. He really cared for that program. He really cared for us as players, not just football players, but he cared for us as people as well. Do you yeah, think that's honestly, a scenario if the nonsense doesn't come up with the Pell Grant, Dennis sticks around a couple of more years? You know, if they, yeah, if I, they don't hit you with probation, does he win another title or two? Yeah, I, I truly think so. I truly think so. But at the same time, you know, when the NFL come calling and they give you that, maybe I don't know how much it was, maybe $25 million in this guaranteed contract. You know, you, you. I mean, then coaching in the NFL, and he's from the West Coast, so it only made sense. When that man told us that he was leaving, this is what you heard inside that big team meeting room. <laughs> Guys were holding it back, man, because that's how much we really cared about that man. Wow. You know, how, how was it like going from Dennis then to Butch? You had Butch play. Butch was not a player's coach. Butch was, was going to put you through hell. <laughs> man. Uh, but 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 I, I never had I never had a problem with him until uh, until my Cleveland days. Him and I got into it in Cleveland. 
but as far as at the U, you know, I, I never, I never did anything wrong, you know, anything like that. So, uh, but he came in, he came in with that. Uh, I always thought Blitz tried to be like he tried to be Jimmy Johnson, you know. And you're not you, you, you gotta, you can take traits from people, but you gotta be yourself. Mm-hmm. You gotta be you who you are, and I, and that's my personal opinion. And I always thought that he tried to be be like Jimmy because I was a huge Cowboys fan as a kid. So I remember when Jimmy went to the Cowboys, you know, I remember reading how tough it was up there for those guys and guys didn't like the way he did it, you know, whatever. And I think Butch came in with that same type of mentality when he first came to UM, you know, with that iron fist type mentality. And, and, and you know, then you got you got guys looking at him like, who the hell are you? You know, so yeah. I, uh, but but he ended up now he's a, he's a great recruiter. He's another yeah. great recruiter. So he ended up getting it right once we got out of the Pell Grant stuff, you know, and all that. And the way he did it was signing guys like Ed Reed, uh, who's the who's the best safety to ever play at UM. Him and Sean Taylor. Those are my two. You know, it's not one A, one B. They both one A. Uh see, I would see I, I like we have these debates, right? Obviously you're a former alumni, former NFL player. You know, and then you're going right for 20. I like 26. Benny. I like Benny. But so, I like okay, Benny. so that's so, okay. So, look, man, Benny's my guy. Like, you know, I saw him down. You know, Benny is my guy, but people like Benny Blades, Bubba McDowell, you know, Daryl Williams, like those guys can ball, man. You know, and not taking nothing away from Sean, not taking nothing away from, from, from Ed, but them old school heads, man, they were just something different about those guys. It was different because the game was different, and also the game is different now. Now, now you start, <laughs> now you starting to see more passing. You know, like like just put it this way: Sean Taylor was six six three. Sean Taylor was like two hundred twenty five pounds. Jeez. Oh, nobody, wasn't nobody moving like Sean T. Nobody. Ooh. Sean T played gunner on the punt team. Sean T played on kickoff. He returned kicks. You know, I mean. The man did it all except playing. He probably played a few plays of offense in college at wide receiver. He may have had maybe two or three snaps at it. You know, I don't know. But that kid was a freak. I mean, when Chuck Pagano first showed me this kid, when Butch them first year in Cleveland, they played Pittsburgh on a Thursday night game. So Butch chartered a bus and took all the guys that were from the U on the team, and we took a bus to Pittsburgh, hour and a half drive, to watch them play Pittsburgh. And I'll never forget Chuck Pagano pointed out to me. He said, watch this guy, watch that guy, and watch that guy. It was Antrell Rowe. It was, um, um, what's the big defensive tackle name um, that played for the Patriots? Big Vince. Big big, um, Vince Wilfork. And he pointed out Sean Taylor. He said, watch these guys. And he said, Sean Taylor, he said, that kid is special. And that same night, he almost decapitated uh, Larry Fitz um, Gerald. Jeez, man. He also killed somebody that night, I think, on a punt return. Dude was standing there, and Sean came down at about 200 miles an hour. I'm with you. Ed's the greatest safety I've ever seen play. And that includes the NFL, whether it was Troy Palomalu. No doubt. No argument. No no argument. No doubt. And I got a chance to meet him, I don't know, about three months ago. He happened to be at one of the AAU tournaments I was coaching. And I don't turn into a fan very often. My boys are warming up, and I look, and Ed Reed's there, and I said, guys, keep warming up. I'll be back, and I ran John grew hair that night. I, no, that, yeah. <laughs> he couldn't have been nicer. And then I looked, and he's like, I'm like, dude, you're like 5'10". Like, even with hair, you're only six foot tall. It's amazing that he was able to do what he did at that size, just being in spots that you have to be a genius 
on the football field to be where Ed was. Man, let me tell you about Ed. We was watching film in Cleveland. We was getting ready to play the Jets. We was playing the Jets in um, in New York. And we watching film, and the Ravens had played them the week before us. So we watching tape. This guy, I don't know if it's on YouTube or not. This guy literally hid behind a referee in the red zone. <laughs> like literally was standing behind a referee, like crouched down like this. And before, and then right when the play get ready to start, he moved and he gets an interception. Mm. Like this guy was out there playing street ball. But when you got, when you have a guy that have instincts like that and just let, let and, and some some coaches just let them play. He's in that, he's in that that conversation with guys like uh, Troy Palomalo and Junior Seau, Junior yeah. Seau and Airy, which sometimes and almost like T Buck. You know what I mean? They just go out there and they just play. They're going to take their risk. They're going to gamble. They're going to play. They're not going to do it by the book all the time, but they're not going to give up as much as um they they, they they pick off. But those are the guys that when sometimes when you just let a guy go out there and freelance like that, sometimes it can burn you. But man, um, as long as he's making more. But one thing I can say about as long as they're making more plays, that, that that's what keep you there. But one thing I want to say about um, Ed before we go over, Ed has always showed me a lot of respect and vice versa. To this day, he always called me big bro. What's up, big bro? You know, and like, here's this guy, and, and, and this, and, 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 and here's a guy that's a Hall of Famer, came to the U after me. Uh, we played against each other. We were rivals. Uh, but one thing about the U boys, when we play each other, you know, we always come up, take pictures after games, and we always, cause we all, we're all brothers, you know what I mean? Uh, but uh, but that, that's one thing that always, that I always, that, that touched me when this man always called me big bro. But, you know, again, Ed is Ed, you know, and again, you know, around the program, not around the program, you know, again, you know, they brought him in as chief of staff. I don't know if that was just maybe a face of the program. Um, I know he's invested into the program, but obviously people have asked, and I know Mario has put it out there about now getting former alumni kind of, kind of, kind of start getting back onto the sidelines. What's your take on that? And do you think that's a good idea? Man, I think it's huge, bro, because I remember when I was at the U and like we talked before coming on, you know, I mean, I go all the way back to Speedy Neal, Stanley Shakespeare, Dennison, you know, uh, all the Kenny Calhoun, all these guys, you know, uh, and, and and seeing those guys and then being recruited and then being able to go in that locker room after the game and Charles Forms giving me gloves, you know, and, hmm. you know, and, and the guys talking to me and stuff, you know, and then being becoming a player there and then looking on the sidelines and I'm seeing, uh, I'm Russell Maryland. I'm seeing Cortez Kennedy. I'm seeing Michael Irvin. I'm seeing LT and those guys that who just left. You know they come they come back and to and and be out there on a on a when they play in Florida State or or, or Virginia Tech game and and the, and to see that and then for the school and whoever at the school to say okay we don't want these guys to do that. I guess that was those Big Ten people that came down here and wanted us to be like Wisconsin or, or whoever. You know that that really stopped that. And then now for to have that come back and for us to be able to come on on the sideline and have those guys, I, I think it's a big thing because that's one thing I think made us different than a lot of schools because the pros was able to come back and talk to us and school us and do seven on seven and do one on ones with us during the summer and tell us what it's like to be an NFL player and what it's like to be a hurricane and how to represent that youth, you know, instead of just wearing it, but to actually go out there and bleed orange and green. So. I think it's I think it's a uh, it's great uh, if they're gonna allow those guys and like us as alum to come back and be on the sideline. You think? Because you see other schools doing it. Ohio State does it. 
Yeah. You know, you see Bama, they had guys that play with play with them be on the sideline. You know, why not us? You think I was going to let that set, subtle shot sl- fly by when you said those <laughs> Wisconsin people didn't want it? I heard that one. <laughs> I, I don't miss much, and I love it because I'm right there with you. Um, it, it, I remember watching, oh, my goodness, it was probably the 87 Orange Bowl when Miami won their second national title, and NBC, whoever was on the broadcast, they go down, and it's literally Jerome Brown. It's Vinny. It's like all the guys from the Benny Blades – they're all over, and they're coaching. And I talked right. to Mario last week at ACC Media Day, and I asked him about that, and he said, look, I don't know that I need the guys coaching on the side. He goes, but I think about my day, Michael Irvin coming over to showing Lamar Thomas how to get off press coverage. You right. know, uh, Jerome Brown showing Warren Sapp how to get through a gap and, and, and get into the backfield. And he goes, that's something that we have to get back to. And I think that's part of the pulse of the program. Earl, you're not the only one that's been on here that's that's talked about the brotherhood and how close all you guys have remained, whether you were on an 86 team, whether you're on the 97 team, whether you're on the 2015 team. Yeah, man, we have a, we, we have a WhatsApp uh, conversation, group text, in the group chat, and it's over 100 guys in there, you know, and guys, uh, you got guys from, from the late 70s, you know, forget 86, you got guys going back into the decade I was born in. <laughs> That's that's in that group chat, you know, and um, and a lot of guys have a lot of things to say up in there, you know. And uh, sometimes it can get get heated, you know, every right. every now and then. <laughs> uh, but but that's that's the brotherhood, though, you know. Uh, and so, uh, but but yeah, so um, so to have that, that's big because when I was at the U, that was like you can't join no fraternity. Your fraternity is this football program. Mm-hmm. Now I see some guys becoming you know, um, Kappa, Alphas, or whatever, Q-Dogs and stuff now while they're in school. But when we were at the U, no, nah, that wasn't happening. Your frat, is, your frat is the football team. That's that brother. Jeez. Wow. You know, and again, like John said, you know, you're not the first one who's talked about that. And, you know, we've had Romberg, and uh, a couple weeks ago we did have Vince Wolfork in here. And, you know, again, it's, it's something that is just amazing. And, and hopefully one day, like, you know, John's got a 13-year-old, I got a 5-year-old, you know, I would love to see one of our kids be able to run through that smoke with that U on the helmet. And I'd, and I'd be like, dog, you need to let me get on that chat so I can kind of see what's going on in the chat. <laughs> hey, man, I'm telling you, man, as gr- growing up in Liberty City, going to Lily C. Evans Elementary School, and then our park, Lily C. Evans Park, was right behind the school. And they used to bus us and take us to the games. So we not, we couldn't go to the Florida State games. You know, that was sold out, whatever. That's when I would have to drive. Get, go on 17th Avenue, catch the 17th bus, and sneak in the Orange Bowl game, you know, and watch them play against Florida State and stuff like that. But, man, just just to see that as a kid. And and I'm, I remember when the U played, uh, they played Arkansas, and that's when um, Arkansas had the running back. I forgot the running back. Barry Foster. Barry Foster, and they had the safety. Steve Atwater was on yep. that team. I remember watching that game, and I, but I remember uh, we were sitting on the north side, of the horseshoe at, at, at towards the end on the visiting sideline behind um, behind the visitors bench. That's where they had all the kids from the park to sit. And and I remember watching it, seeing the guys come out that smoke for that game. And I remember saying to myself, "Man, one day I would love to do that." And I remember one game. I, I'm not. Sure, it wasn't the national championship game. Probably was the Florida State game. I remember I came out and I stood. I told the guy, I said, man, I'm stand up. I'm going to stand up for about two seconds in this smoke because that's something I always wanted to do. And I did it one game. And I just stood like two seconds. And I had to haul tail because I didn't want nobody to knock me over. It. Oh, man, yeah. That's yeah. why everybody puts their shoulder, their hand on each other's shoulders as they're running out so that that, that don't happen. Right. So, 
Yeah. Good stuff. So Earl, another another question from the audience who's watching in. Yeah, some yeah, I'm seeing Mr. 305. He said, yeah. uh I'm thinking, I think they they may they may lose three, three or four games. I, 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 oh, I you're killing me. I, no, I, I said may. I said may. I'm not saying all right. That's what I'm thinking because <laughs> look, I went out there, I went out there and I watched the um I watched the spring practice. It was the last week. It was that Tuesday before the spring game. And when I watch ball, even when I'm watching peewee league shorties or I'm watching high school ball, I'm like a music producer. I'm always strategizing, trying to see, even when I'm watching NFL games, I'm like, I'm real, real quick. I'm trying to see what coverage they're in. I can't see it all of it because, you know, you don't get to see the safeties that much. But that's just the way my mind works when it comes to uh, football. So when I'm out there, so my point is when I'm out there, I'm watching. Personally, I don't see no wide receivers. And there's no knock on the wide receivers. I like those kids. They're out there. They're working hard. You know, I like the way practices ran. They're very, very efficient and very, very fast. But I'm talking about defensively, as a defensive coordinator, I don't see anybody out there that's going to stretch uh, or going to put fear in my secondary if I'm playing, if I'm coaching against the U. So that makes you kind of one-dimensional. So, okay, let's stop the run. And maybe they can, um, and, and, and we, we can keep this umbrella on them you know, um, uh, versus the pass. And then also when I'm looking at the cornerback spot, you know, I think I, I like the kid to Curry Cox. I like him. The kid Stevenson, I, I think he still got to, uh, got to get better to me personally. I think he could be a hell of a safety as well, but we got three good safeties o- over there right now. So I think the corner spot is okay. But oh, then you got DP. So DP, he got to pan out. DP Junior, he got to pan out. So we got to see how that that works out. Uh, but the, line, the linebacker, I'm, I'm very, very concerned about the linebacker. So because that right there, if you can't stop the run, it's gonna be a long day for you in football. So and then offensively, you know, I know this is the way people have to think, and this is the way coaches and defensive coordinators think. The kid um, Van Dyke, the quarterback. He's a he's a really good quarterback. So he just jumped on the spot and he got it going after De'Eric got hurt last year. Now defensive coordinators have a whole year to prepare for you. So now that's going to be a challenge for him. Not saying he's not going to get the job done, but it has to be done over and it has to be proven. Just like in the NFL, the year we made the year we had that run on the playoffs, we had Kelly Holcomb. Tim Couch was our starting quarterback. Tim Couch get hurt. Kelly Holcomb comes in. You know, we win seven out of our last ten games to make the playoffs. Thanks to the Dolphins, they they lost to the uh, the Jets, and then we won. Out. We beat Atlanta, so we was able to go into the that was playoffs. My whole damn childhood, the Dolphins. <laughs> so, so, but my point is, then the next year, Kelly Holcomb's come back, and those guys are smart in college and in the league. So now they're preparing, and, and and it didn't it didn't go as well. So I think that's the challenge right there. So now, do I want them to go? What? 12 and 0 or, or, or something like that but you got to be real you know i mean they yeah. i think i think we're about 2 years 2 3 years away just yeah, give me the charlotte that that's yeah. I, I need to be in the yeah. ACC title game whether it's 9 and 3 i think 10 and 2 i think you're going to beat texas a&m you're going to lose to somebody that you're not supposed to virginia or i don't yeah. know as long as it ain't florida state i don't give you'll a win one you shouldn't you'll you'll lose one that that you should have won right i think that i think i'm right there with you on the 10 and 2 so yeah, ten and two, nine and three, somewhere, somewhere right around yeah. there. But you know, like me, I just—I'm not saying I'm Nostradamus. I'm predicting this. I know it. I mean, that's just my opinion. I think I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's three or four. 
you know, because you never know. You never know because I know Jake Garcia, uh, he's a good quarterback because you have to, you also have to put in like the depth. The depth is not there like how some of these other power five schools. And we play this game of football and we know injuries happen often yeah. in this game. Nobody's held at train the first day of training camp, pretty much the team is 99% healthy. After that first day of camp, man, that, that number started going down, that percentage started going down. So the point is a lot of guys hurt, so we just pray that nobody gets hurt. And, uh, and and they can stay healthy and go out there and, and, and hopefully uh, get a ten win season and gotta get to Charlotte. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Gotcha. we're gonna and gotta, there. and gotta win it. Don't just get there. You gotta win it. Yeah, let's yeah. not get our ass kicked like we did in in seventeen. Thirty eight three. That's a long drive. I had, yeah. I had to work a Falcons Vikings game the next morning. That drive back to Atlanta, <laughs> miserable. John, I drove back from Charlotte straight through back to Fort Lauderdale. We were supposed to stay the night at an Airbnb. I got on the road at like 2 in the morning. I said, screw this. Let's ride. <laughs> oh, man. Well, you know, you mentioned the TVD thing as well. And, you know, I, last year, I think at the end of the year, they were they were just throwing the ball up. I mean, he was taking, what, 35, 40 attempts a game, right? Yeah. I don't think the, the what Morio does in his strategy – you know, especially with the stable of running backs that we have that can come at you from any direction, he's going to play to his strengths, right? And I think clearly the running game is going to be the strength of the team this year. I think they're going to run the ball at nauseum, especially when you look at those first four games, right? You know, the first two games, you're not going to want to show much because you're getting ready to go to Texas A&M. Then you go to College Station to Texas A&M. You know, you got the crowd to go against there. You know, you're going to run the ball a lot there. You know, the first four weeks of the season, you know, you come back against Middle Tennessee – First four weeks of the season, you're running it probably 70% of the time in those games, maybe higher. So, you know, I just, I don't see TVD putting the same numbers up, but I do see that he could be really efficient. I don't want to call him a game manager because he's a lot right. better than that. Right. But, you know, I just, I see him having really good, really efficient numbers. And I think it does more for him rather than putting up big numbers to, to get us in a position where we're winning games and where we're, you know, where we're looking really good and really efficient. And he's not throwing interceptions and he's not, you know, making bad mistakes, right? That's yeah. the best case scenario for us. Yeah, that's 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 definitely you hit it on the head. And uh, but when they go to AM, they're gonna have to play against some big boys. And I'm talking about the trenches. Like when when they played Alabama last year, uh, when we were at the game and they did the coin, they the captains had to come out for the coin toss. I'm looking at the Bama dudes and I'm looking at the offensive linemen, the, the trenches guys that was out there for the U. I'm like, there's no comparison right there. You know, so yeah. I just think that now the offensive line is supposed to be one of our strong points. I think this year, uh, and then you got a guy like uh, uh, Coach Marable. That's my dude right there, man. And, the, and the, being an offensive, one of the, I think he's one of the best offensive line coaches in the business. And then, of course, Mario being a former offensive lineman, you know, so, you know, the, the running game. And if you look at what Oregon did, you know running the ball is going to be a big part of the offense. So you, you're right on that. So it's not just going to be winging it. So uh, I just think if the offensive line can hold up, because A&M, they got – they got a really tough defensive line. You know, I don't know all those guys, but those guys, those are some big boys. Those Texas boys are, are pretty big, you know. Yeah. So, uh, but I just think if they, if he can, like you said, you don't want to call him like uh, a manageable type quarterback because the kid can sling it. You know, they got him ranked preseason as like the ninth pick of the draft, but you really can't go in that stuff. And I hope he doesn't get caught up in that hype right now. Uh, but if you look at the Oregon offense, the way they ran their offense, so they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna hit you with the RPOs and. Uh, and stuff yeah. like that. So he said, he said, he said, he said, he should have a good year, but uh, I just think it's going to be challenging for him because for one, it's a new offense for one, two defensive coordinators will be more prepared for him. 
man, I, I hope he elevates just enough to be picked second or third because we need a quarterback here in Atlanta in the worst <laughs> way. Um, and I, I let Bryce Young or CJ Stroud, I want TVD coming here if I can't get Will Anderson because that's who I would take if I have the first Ooh, pick. That's man. a grown ass man on the defensive side of the ball, bro. That so you, kid right there is man, that kid right there is a beast. No. So is, so, uh, is Junior is Junior up in Tuscaloosa yet? Yeah, he's been. Uh, yeah, there. he up. Uh, yeah, we took we, we took him up. Um, he graduated. Uh, I forgot. Is we took him up? What May twenty six? We took okay. we took him up uh, on uh, May twenty six, and he's been up there ever since. So uh, yeah, is he is there. he injured right now? Did he have any surgery? Yeah, man. Uh, I had I had to call him. I had to, I know I saw some people. I didn't I didn't really want to speak about it. I had to call him and get the uh, had to call my son and ask my son if it was the daddy had to ask if it was okay, you know. And he said, "Don't get too much in depth with it." Well, he <laughs> you know, you know, he went on IG. He went on IG live, and we saw you know obviously they were they were in there playing basketball or something like that. And you could see that he had some type of surgery. So, you know, again, I'm not one to, to throw stuff out there, or speculate. I mean, the kids get injured, kids get injured, you know, but now's the time, if you're going to have a surgery, have it now, you know, get ready for the season. And, you know, can you touch on his injury? Is it something that's like, you know, season ending or is it? Yeah, it was, um, it's, uh, he had a, he, people don't know, man, the kid, you know, I hear people say, oh, he's not that fast. I'm like, this kid was a seven-time youth track All-American, you know, at USA Youth Track and Field coming up. He ran track in high school, you know. That, but I just, I just been a lot, been a lot, of, lot, lot of little haters out there. And I'm, and I'm talking about South Florida haters. Uh, but the kid was, he, he was Bama's number one recruit this year. Uh, he's a fast guy. He's a quick guy. He's, he's, he's almost 6'2", and he, he's quick as a cat, like he's five. That's why we can put him at the nick, nickel, at the star position at Heritage because he's physical. That's why Coach Saban compares him to Minka Fitzpatrick, because he oh, can wow. play corner, he can play the star position, and he also can play safety. That's always what I told my son. You want to be like a, a human, um, a hum, I mean, a, 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 what they call it, the Swiss knife? Swiss, Swiss, Swiss Army. Swiss Army. Swiss Army. <laughs> you want to be able to do everything on the secondary because you increase your value. Yeah. So, um, but Earl played, Earl, people don't know, Earl played with a stress, Earl had a stress fracture where his hamstring attached in his pelvis two years ago. So he played through that, all right? Mm -hmm. Then last year, um, second, third game of the season, we playing Chaminade. They had him on kickoff return. This the only time that I ever wanted to pull, like, the daddy card and say, no, nah, man, don't have my son out there on kickoff return. But they had him at the tackle. And Earl being the kid that he is, he's going to play hard to the players over. So he was on the opposite sideline, running over, trying to create a block. And in that heritage, if you ever been to the stadium, the sideline is very, very crowded. It's not that much space. Mm -hmm. So he ends up tripping on somebody on foot on the sideline and he fell down awkwardly and he hurt his shoulder. Mm -hmm. So in that shoulder, he hurt the AC joint. So he tore a little lig the little ligament somewhere in the, so in the shoulder. So we did the MRI. So the kid played through that, had a harness, didn't miss any games, played through that all year. You know, got the MRI, took him to University of Miami uh, Hospital. They, they checked him out, got the MRI. They told me, they said, nothing we could do about it, whatever. So now, fast forward up to here, he goes up to Bama. You know, they doing seven on seven every Tuesdays and Thursdays. He's doing this thing. Uh, he uh, he's getting reps with the ones. Not saying that he was going to start, but they was they was giving them reps with the ones. You know, in in the twos. So he's out there doing this thing. So uh, he breaks up a pass, and um, he was he told me he was in man coverage. He breaks up a pass, and then um, he ended up um, slipping, and he tried to brace break his break um, break his fall. 
and then he dislocated his shoulder. I remember I was on the I was on the cart with um, the same shoulder that he hurt in high school. So uh, I remember I was on the cart with Roger Harriet, the head football coach at St. Thomas, and I got that phone call, and I was just like, oh man, you know. And then uh, so we got the MRI. So you know he needed surgery, and so uh, that's where he is right now. But uh, and then, like you said, uh, I'm, I'm glad that uh, that he got it done now. You know, uh, instead of later, because he thought about playing with it, but you know, and, I, and you know, I already had my decision on what I wanted him to do, but he made that decision. He called me up and he was like, "Dad," he was like, "Yeah," he said, "Just call him tomorrow and let the trainers know I want to have, so I want to go ahead and have surgery," which was a smart thing to do. Yeah. So it's 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 a three to four month um, re- rehab, uh, but he uh, he they say he part it's possibility he could get ready for the playoffs and all that, but I just told him I said mentally. I say, don't even think about it. Just, just continue to get, get, get better, get healthy, and uh, and get ready for spring ball. You know, so right now that's where he is, and right now, he's ahead of schedule. Right now, he's ahead of schedule. Uh, he's doing uh, really good. But my main concern with him, I was, my main concern was, was what was his mental state was going to be because he have a kid that that was highly recruited, that top recruit, and then you build all your life and you got this moment. So now get ready to play college football, and this happened. But man, the kid, the kid, he wasn't good mentally. He's great mentally. So, uh, yeah. but that, that, that's, he's always been mature like that, especially in, in he love ball. So he's in a great space right now. You know, sometimes, you know, again, your mental capacity is really what gets you, you know, and, you know, you look at another Alabama guy, look at John Menchie who just came out and, you know, he has that, you know, terrible situation, you know, but, yeah. you know, mentally, he, you know, again, you go for somebody who, you know, blows your knee out and, you know, then you get diagnosed with this and, you know, again, you know, obviously we're just fans, right? And that's all right. we're going to be. We're just going to be fans. And, you know, most of us that are, you know, probably on the show watching, we're kind of positive, you know, we wish the best for everybody. Right. Um, were you looking at any point? And listen, obviously this is a Miami show per se, but listen, you're fam to us. So obviously if Junior's at Alabama, we're going to, you know, talk about Alabama too. Were you looking, was there any game this year if, if Earl was going to play that you were looking to as like a, a big game that you're going to go up and watch? Yeah, yeah. Uh... Man, uh, the Texas game that was kind of questionable, but that's away in Austin, so that was that was that was kind of questionable. But the uh, the A and M game, I think we're still going to go to that game. Uh, the A and M and the Iron Bowl. Iron Bowl is one of those games that that's a bucket list for me. All, yeah, all my <laughs> life, I was just going to say that all my life, that's been a bucket. That's been a bucket bucket game like that, uh, or a uh, USC UCLA game, you know, uh, Ohio State Michigan game. Those are still bucket list games for me. Um, but, um, but yeah, so that, those two, those two for sure. And, um, but I knew that, I knew that he was, uh, he was going to play this year. Um, and, uh, I just, I, I just know the kid and, uh, I knew he was going to play. Uh, so I was going to, we were going to go up for, uh, a couple, a couple of games as well. I know they play like Utah state. So those yep. are the games I was looking at. I was like, okay, so I know he's going to play a lot in this game, you know, <laughs> and, and stuff like that. So this, that was my thinking. But uh, but right now probably just Texas A and M and um, Texas A and M and the Auburn game. I think we'll go. You, you know, you talk game. about that Utah State game. Don't be surprised if Coach Banda don't come in there and shut that offense down, bro. Like, <laughs> like, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Look at. <it. laughs> You don't even know what to say now. Coach Coach Banda come from that Manny tree, man. <laughs> they didn't even have a they, they didn't even have a playbook at the U. Come on, bro. Bro, Banda gonna come down and shut you gonna shut Alabama down. Maybe give up ten points. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, uh, you'll give up ten points and drive. 
<laughs> how do you how do you manage that coaching at a powerhouse and heritage was a powerhouse as well st thomas is one of the national brands in high school football how do you manage that friday night sometimes saturday afternoon with the the games that you guys are going to have and then trying to be dad fan etc on saturday afternoon yeah it's crazy i want to say big shout out to uh, i think you said pope yeah, Pope, Pope, Kane. Pope Kane. Yeah, uh, big shout out there. You say you say Cole got got jokes. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, and I want to say I want to say a big shout out to all, all the fans that 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 that's that's supportive of, of of Earl, even though he's even though he's at at Bama, you know. And, and I appreciate you guys as well that still got support for me for being a king. Uh, but uh, but yeah, man, it's it's a blessing, man. It it it's it's what the way Roger Harriet runs the program. At at um at St. Thomas Aquinas, you know I did an internship with the Miami Dolphins in 2012 doing OTAs. You know I coached at um, FIU for two years, learning from Butch, you know stuff like that. To and, and even the guys that coached with me when I was the head football coach at Jackson, and even where I even when I prepared being a defensive coordinator at other high schools, the way I prepared because like I told you earlier, I studied guys like Todd Bowles and Chuck Pagano because they were my position coaches in Cleveland. And um, so I studied those guys. So that's the way I prepare. Uh, being at St. Thomas, I've never been around a program and, and with the structure and the discipline and the professionalism that Roger Harriet has with his staff over there. And and also in the second part of your question, um, being a father of a student athlete that played, that, that's uh, in college now, uh, it was going to be, Roger, Roger said, listen, man, I know you guys, I know you guys uh, are, are, are fathers as well. And he was like, Earl, I know you, um, I know you got your son. You're going to go watch your son play college football. So, you know, I'm going to have, I'm going to have Coach K. He's going to be your, he's going to be your co-defensive coordinator when I did my interview for the job. So, and I was like, oh, I said, I got no problem having a co-defensive coordinator. Because he was like, so when you go on Saturday, because we meet on Saturday mornings after game at, at St. Thomas. So he was like, whenever you want to go watch Earl play, you just go. We still got everything solid right here. So that that's that's a that's a big up for Roger. But but being at that school, man, just to see to see the way things are ran over there, it's the closest thing to being at a college for these high school kids. So it's truly a college preparatory football program. So when these kids leave St. Thomas and when they go to whoever university, they're already going to be prepared. When I'm when I'm telling you. Now, my buddy Jamilio and, and Kiyadis and Kev, they could tell you the way I did it when I was head coach at, at Jackson and in, in, um, in, in at Westminster. The preparation, but being at St. Thomas, every practice is scripted, like how it's supposed to be. I'm talking about we work on three phases of special teams every day. Um, the, the, the way, the, the, the itinerary, for, for every Sunday we get an itinerary for the way the whole week is going to be. When I'm telling you, it's ran professionally. I mean, man, you, you can't. I can't say. I can't say much. Say, say much more uh, about the way things are ran over there. And then to have those athletes and have the kids that be all bought in. Right. Everybody's on the same page. I'm talking about from the coaching staff to to the kids. You know, it's 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 it's, it's five star uh, program. So let me ask you, Earl, you know, we were, we were talking a little bit and you, you know, saluted obviously the fans that have been, you know, respectful of, of, of you and your family and everything. But, you know, obviously this 
you know, this recruitment was, was tough, right? I mean, you know, I know, you know, we're obviously close with you and you've always said, look, this is Junior's decision. I'm going to, you know, his mother and I are going to put him in the best, best position to make a decision based upon all the facts that are in front of him. Right. And exactly. I think, you know, like I commend you for standing in the paint, you know, against your alma mater and a lot of the fans that have, that have came back and, you know, really just had some, just, uh, you know, some really just harsh and, you know, hateful and, and just terrible things to say, you know, but what, what, I mean, how do you think having a son go through this recruiting process has impacted your legacy? Um, Man, most, screw most them all, all, Earl. Screw them all. Who cares? <laughs> hey, listen, listen, bro. <laughs> Anybody that knows me, I'm one of the realest people that you'll ever meet. And Fact. most down down to earth people that you ever meet. So Fact. I don't lose sleep over stuff like that, man. I've had family issues, like real family issues that I that I have to worry about, but I don't I, I you know, and I'm talking about mother, son, father relationships and stuff like that. Not to get too de- into depth with it, that I can't lose sleep over it because I know what I'm doing is right. So yeah. with, 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 when it comes to fans and stuff like that, because at the end of the day, look at it. Like I told one fan before, you know, and I don't really get into Twitter beef and all that, but sometimes I like to interact with people. You know, I don't care if it's in a situation like what, what you just spoke on that I told, a, I, told, I told a fan one time that, you know, when you have your kid, you can force your kid to go to the University of Miami. Oh, you know, I'm definitely can, forcing my kid. Trust me. No, 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 no. But, but, but guess what? That's, that's your prerogative. And there's nothing, nothing wrong with that. But the way that I wasn't going to try to dictate where my son was going to go play football, yeah. I just was going to help assist him and be there for him. Because at the end of the day, if I would have forced him to go to the U and things don't work out for him, the fans get to go on and live their life and do what they got to do. Now, I don't crack the, the relationship that I have with my son, you know, and things like right. that. And that got to come back on me. So I got to yeah. live with that. So, yeah, that you know, could be some resentment. Way, yeah. Yeah. So that's, what, that's the way you get people to think about. But as far as worrying about what another man or another woman got to say about my child, man, listen, man, I cut the umbilical cord. Those, these people ain't been there day, day from day one with, <laughs> with, with, with my child. Right. So I don't I don't get caught up in that. I, I laugh yeah. at some of the stuff. But like I said earlier, some of these same people that be talking trash, you know, are the same people that happy, happy Manny is out of there you know, and, 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 and happy that, that Mario is the head coach now. You know, so I just, you know, you just got to look at some of these people and laugh. And some of them, are, they think they trolls or whatever, but I don't really I don't really get into all that, man. I laugh at them because they're a bunch of clowns. Hey, Ross said it best. You wasn't with me shooting in the gym. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So, so, so let me ask, let me ask you a question. At point, my son's name is Kane. He has no choice. But to go to the U. <laughs> He'll joke with me, Dad, I'm going to go to Florida State. I said, your ass could go sleep on the concrete. Yeah, you, you know, can't Florida you, State in my house. You want to know what's crazy? And I'm not saying you say that now and, and, and wait till it happens when, when he gets older. Because you got about four or five more years before Kane yeah. got to make this decision. I used to say that, too. I used to be like, man, that boy, he, he going to bleed orange and green. He going to the U and this and that. And then I'm at, I'm at the U game. And I'm like, he... He like Jalen Ramsey. Like, yo, what's up with that, bro? He like, why he was at Florida State, you know? Yeah. But but then you got to sit back and you got to say, you know what? This is his vision. This is not about me. I've been through all my recruiting. I, I, I've done that. I played at the youth. You know, I got blood, sweat, and tears. I lost my best friend since yeah. second grade, finding him murdered at the youth. You know, I, I love that football program. I got my degree from the youth. So I'm, I, I bleed orange and green. So I just can't. 
get up here and say, okay, man, you going to the U, what the hell would everybody else say? I mean, with these other schools, you taking your ass to, to the University of Miami. I can't do that, bro. You know, Earl, it's, it's funny because my wife, and, and I love her to death, but sometimes I think she'd be speaking like nonsense because obviously, you know, Grayson's middle name is Kane for a reason. It's just, and I'm like, he's going to Miami. She's like, nope, he's going to Alabama. He's going to Ohio State. He's going to Clemson. What if he goes to those schools? Well, I'll go and support him, but I'll be wearing orange and green in those stands. Like, it ain't changing for me, bro. You know, listen, we, we all sit up here as parents and, and we're diehards, right? It is what it is. But at the end of the day, like you mentioned, that's your that's your that's your legacy. That's your kid's decision. You know what? Maybe he doesn't want to follow in and father's footsteps. You know, maybe he wants to go out and branch out on his own. And and you see that more and more. Kids don't want to be legacy kids. And I feel like you know, obviously, the last legacy kid we have Miami is Al Blades, right? He's he's still going through the process. You know, maybe he'll never live up to what his uncles and you know and his dad accomplished at Miami. So sometimes it's better to make a path for your own and go somewhere else. No doubt. Is is it's a uh, shoe man? Like like. My son, you know, he wants to be called by his middle name, you know, uh, you know, not, you know, I kind of felt some type of way about that, you know, but, you know, because with this whole NIL stuff, he got out and I told him, I say, when you're 21 years old, then you probably can do that or whatever. But I, I get it. <laughs> I get it. You know what I mean? I'm like, I, yeah. I, I get it. Cause like you said, a lot of these kids, like, of course I know my son, you know, he, he likes the legacy. He loves, you know, he, you know, he, he loves me as a father, you know, and all that. And, and he looks up to me as a football player and stuff like that. But like you say, he wants to build his own lane, you know, and yeah. that's and, and, and I support him, you know, 110%. Look at Michael Irvin's son. He went to the U. My boy Ray Lewis' son, he went to the U. You know, look at my boy Edron James. Edron James says, I, I still have it. I almost tweeted it one time. I still have the video because EJ, that's my dude. Uh, EJ, EJ was like, he said the same thing that I've been saying, you know. And his son, his son went to Howard. His son went to Howard. He yeah, told HBTU. me. He told me that night that we played them that that's pretty much what was going to happen. You know that he wasn't forcing his child to go to the U. Right. You know, so I mean, like, why? I look. I got the Elite Eight run. My son doesn't play an ounce of football, so I don't have to worry about him going there. He How got tall. Is he? Uh, right now, he's about five seven in seventh grade. So. If I can get him to 6'2", six, 6'3", six, I don't know what I could do because I'm only six foot and his mom's itty-bitty. But uh, he's taller than I was as a sophomore in high school. But he got to see Cam McGusty, uh, Zay Wong, Charlie Moore, those guys this year. And he was like, Dad, Miami can be good in basketball. I want to go play ball, play ball there. I said, please do. Come on. Come on with it. I'll go to damn Duke. Actually, if you can go to Duke, you can go to Duke. If you can go to Duke, you can go to Miami, right? If you can go to Duke, you can go to the NBA. It's where you could end up. But it, it is fascinating to watch everything that goes on. I know a lot of people want to ask you about St. Thomas. I had somebody text me about, I guess, one of the safeties you have. Um, and, I, and I'm going to mess up his name. Conrad Hussey. Yeah, you hit, you hit, you hit it right. You got a uh, player. I got, I have two of the best. I think I got the best tandem safeties in the country. Okay. And I'm not, and, this, and I truly do, because I don't know who else out there, but I know from what I see. I have the two best safeties in the country at, at St. Thomas. I have King mm. Mac, and that's an awesome name. King that's Mac, great, yeah. that's his real name. Is that, is that Rod Mac's kid? No, no, no. Actually, oh, okay, he, okay. He, he, he played for Rod Mac. Though, at my yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. But his name is King Mac, and you have um, Conrad Hussey. Conrad Hussey is the best athlete on that football field. Oh, wow. And you, you know how much talent out there at St. Thomas. Right. Yeah. And the, 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 the great thing about these two kids they are coachable. 
Okay. They listen. They are coachable, and they want they want to learn, and they want to get better. And coach, uh, coach Steele, coach Steele. I was going to post the picture. I haven't posted yet. Coach Steele came out there uh, to watch us practice uh, one of my days, and I'm uh, doing spring ball. And Huzzy put on a show. This kid had three picks, and he. I'm talking about three amazing interceptions. I'm talking about one hand falling to the ground catching. And then he dropped the easiest interception that could have hit him right here in his hand. <laughs> but the, but the plays that he made were so athletic and just and this kid can jump out the gym. And then King Matt, King Matt, one of the fastest kids in the, in the, in the country in, in, in the 400 meters. So um, he won state this year in the 400. He's a man. He can play corner. He can play safe. But they both can play anywhere in the secondary. And and I think a guy uh, to ask Pope King um, question. We have a guy named, a guy named um, Kimari. Kimari Rock, Rob, Key Rock, call him K Rock. He's committed to Duke right now. He he's not he's not the tallest, but you know the average cornerback. People get caught up in height, you know. Uh, but the average cornerback, like in the NFL, uh, they they're right at like five nine. Like the Pacers just draft a guy at five nine, you know, second round that came from out of Houston. So if you can play ball, you can play ball. So this kid is committed to um, to Duke right now. Um, He's a, he's a he's a super intelligent kid. Uh, he's a grown man. I'm talking about his whole mannerisms, the way he go about uh, doing things. Um, he's a little professional. I call him my little professional out there. Uh, he's super mature. Uh, but I think I think on 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 the defensive side of the ball, he sl- he slept on. We have a def- defensive tackle named Jason. Jason's number nine. Jason is a really good player. Offensively, man, we got some young wide receivers. And we got some running backs, man. Okay. We got some backs over there, boy. So, so we 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 stacked over there. But the great thing I like about it, we had a kid that transferred in that rushed for like 1,100, 1,200 yards last year, in um, in uh, up in Broward, in, in Northern Broward, and um, and he came to St. Thomas, knowing that we had three other studs at running back. Hmm. He's all about the competition, and the kid doesn't complain or anything. So, uh. Offensively, I can't speak too much over there. Uh, but then also we have a young we have a young linebacker named Nick Rodriguez. Uh he, he's a dog. And then we got the kid uh uh Javon Brown that came from Deerfield Beach. That kid right there, he's a banger boy. So uh and he's like 225 pounds right now, so he's a solid kid. So uh we um we ain't we aiming we aiming for everything this year. You know, it's one game at a time. It's like it's this phrase that we got at St. Thomas say, you go, we go. So uh, we uh we aiming at is one game at a time, but you know uh, I think they have us ranked fifth in the nation. Uh, so state championship and national championship is definitely something that we want to try to um, win this year. So Earl, you mentioned your two safeties, and I think if I'm not mistaken, you mentioned earlier that they were uh, both committed to, to Penn State. Yes, and that's good though, because obviously Manny's only coaching a linebacker, so Manny won't have nothing to do with the secondary. So <laughs> no, your Earl, kids would be good over there. <laughs> yeah, they, they committed to Penn State right now, and and and, and that's the thing, man. Um, I would never tell I would never tell a kid where to go to school, and I've always said this on every platform that I've been on when it comes to the recruiting stuff. Just think about it. I never told James Williams to go to the U. Not one time I tried to persuade him to go to the U because I wouldn't want nobody to do that to my child, and I wouldn't yeah. do that to my own child. When James committed to the U and he signed with you, I congratulated him and I said, "Welcome to the family." Those are my exact words to James when he committed and signed with signed to the U. So, uh, so with these kids, you know. I know Manny's up there. He's a defensive coordinator. He's a uh, he's a linebackers coach. Uh, my boy Poindexter, who played with me for a bit in Cleveland, he's up it's there. Uh, so he's helping out. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that's my boy. 
good, great dude. Uh, so, you know, it's not my decision to tell these kids where to go to school. It's not my my decision to try to persuade them. You know, that that's that's the guys that's working at these universities. It's their job to recruit these kids and build those relationships with them and their families. And then these kids got to make the decision. But now Miami, Oklahoma, you know, a lot of these schools are coming after Conrad Huzzy right now. Yeah. Well, I'm excited for 923, Dan, because you guys are going to be up on the road here in Port St. Lucie uh, playing Treasure Coast High School. So uh, I cannot wait to see you all here. Uh, I got another question from Polk here as well who wants to know, and I'm pulling it up on here. Are we going to see a STA versus Lakeland bottle for the state title this year? I hope so, man, because they had that they had that fantastic game. Uh, they had those three classic games. I think, back, I think yeah. uh, Lakeland beat them twice, and then St. Thomas finally yeah. got them the third time. And then they That's had back that when Jordan class. Scarlett Jordan Scarlett was a running back back then. Oh wow! Yeah. Right. So they and then they had that classic game and they went in like crazy oh, overtime. Overtime. Was, yeah. So down at uh, at the Hard Rock. The Rock. Fact. Yep. Yeah. So uh, so yeah, man. Hopefully we can get that going, man. Uh, that there are rumors saying that they wanted to play us and and uh, we didn't want to play them and. You know, there are a couple other schools here, local in Broward County, that said they they was telling people that uh, that they wanted to play us and we didn't we don't want to play them. Roger actually showed me a, a text, a, a conversation between him and another coach at another high school, a private school at like that. That that people were saying that we we don't want to play them, or whatever. And he was like, "Yo, week seven, let's get it on week seven. Guess what? Crickets, crickets. They never replied back." <laughs> Are you, so, are, you yeah. are you are you are you referring to Gibbons or are you referring to because obviously there's only a couple of the private schools that would uh, be able to play you guys. Um, so he's he's we have crickets over there. So crickets. Look at his face. So, no comment. It's not Gibbons <laughs> though. It's not Gibbons. <laughs> yeah. So uh, let me ask you this. Obviously, you guys had a, a decent transfer coming from Benjamin last year in Tyler Aronson, who transferred into St. Thomas. Um, and I thought the kid, you know, I met him his freshman year. Um, I thought the kid had the goods. Obviously, he's no longer at STA. Um, you guys have a new quarterback that just that just came back over. Is that correct? Yes. And, and yeah, that's right. Right. What is what's the difference between the two quarterbacks between Tyler and and, and the new kid? Mentally. Mentally. Um, that's that's personally my opinion. Like I don't coach on that yeah. side of the ball, but I no. also got to compete against the offense, and I got to yeah. see how certain guys work. Uh, the kid champ. When he transferred back to St. Thomas, uh, his first week there, he was taking a leader up. Like, literally, vocally showing. He's probably the strongest quarterback in the state of Florida. Mm. This kid throw up weight. And he's like, he looked like this big. He's like 6'2", but he, he, he's skinny, but he is strong as heck. He, I mean, he he really, really lift. Like, um, so, but I just think his leadership skills, um, the way he communicate, the way the kids, the other kids gravitated around him. Tyler has all the tools, like you said, but I just don't think um, mentally he, he, he was there to be that guy. You know, because there's a lot of pressure playing at St. Thomas, bro. Oh, correct, correct. You know, and obviously, you know, I'm not saying Benjamin is not a, a, a decent school, but it's a different type of competition going from like a Benjamin and you stepping into a St. Thomas. Obviously, St. Thomas, national powerhouse, you know, national TV games. you got to be mentally prepared in order to handle that pressure. Like Zion, I thought when Zion Turner came in, you know, he did a great job handling that offense. Obviously, you know, it was up at UConn. Um, so, again, I, and I agree with you. I think it all starts up, you know, up top here. And if you don't have it up there, you know, again, your team's going to struggle, you know. Right. So, yeah. you know, it, it's going to be a good team. Obviously, listen, I'm, I'm a Broward guy. Like, I went to Board Anderson. I loved it. You know, one of one of my best friends in middle school, obviously, is Tuan Russell. You know, him yeah. and I, like – 
you know, we, we had an entrepreneur, we had an entrepreneurship in middle school selling candy, <laughs> you know, and, and that's how really, you know, listen, I, I, I started watching University of Miami, um, 86, 87, 88, but I didn't fall in love with Miami until like right around 90, 91, 92. Um, obviously Twan was a good friend of mine. Um, you know, he ended up going to Miami and like, you know, we have that relationship and, you know, so I can say I owe a little bit of my, my, my fandom for the University of Miami to Tuan because obviously, you know, he went there, but, you know, St. Thomas produces great, great and, and great quality, you know, people and athletes, you know, so I'm excited for you guys this season. What you guys, are you guys going out of state this year by any chance or are you, you not? No, we're not going out of state, uh, but there was a couple games that we wanted to play, uh, but we couldn't, we couldn't pick up those games. Like, you know, the modern day, we wanted to play, um, we wanted to play modern day and things like that, but they got into that little situation over there where I think a coach uh, hitting a kid, uh, oh. something like that, that went down with modern Ooh. day. Uh, so, uh, so that, that's a big scandal going on out there. Uh, but we're, no, all our games are local. So as far as far as going out of town, I think we got to go Fort Pierce, Fort Myers. I think it's Fort Myers. We got to go to Fort Myers. You know, that's 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 about it. So, so I, mean, I'm a, I went to college in Texas, so I got a chance to see. Texas high school in the in the early mid 90s. I live in Georgia now in the metro Atlanta area. Buford's maybe 15 minutes up the road from yeah. me. Good um, school. Powerhouse. Oh my goodness. Yeah. You talk about going to a school that looks like a college campus. Yeah. First time I went there, I was blown away. I always tell people though, being a South Florida native, playing high school football in South Florida, that there's nothing like it. If St. Thomas goes anywhere, you play the you play is it Bellevue out in Washington, who's always really good. You play Don Bosco in New Jersey, who's good. You play, uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think one of the ones in Texas. There's a whole bunch of them. De La Salle of California. St. Thomas didn't lose in those games, are they? Um, no, no, no. I don't I don't think so. I mean, I know they lost to Don Bosco a couple of years ago. A few years ago, they maybe like about seven, eight years ago. Uh, I, I was told that they was a little big-headed at the time. They, they went in just thinking they were just going to, you know, but – that's how that's how you can get beat when you sleep on your right. opponent. So, uh, but but no, St. Thomas not losing to those guys, man. Uh, so I just think the, I just think the difference is because at Heritage the past two years we played against them, against them, and they didn't have better athletes than us. Right. Now they had more athletes in the depth, but they they didn't they didn't beat us. Uh, they didn't beat us because they had better athletes. So I think coaching plays a big part in it. And they do a great job over there coaching. Uh, myself and Coach K, who are the co-defensive coordinators. Uh, Coach K, uh, he coached at Brown. He's from the Northeast, from the Boston area. He retired. He coached over 30 years in college football. And uh, he uh, he's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a man that I respect a lot, that I've got to know since I've been over at St. Thomas. And there's uh, no ego tripping. We're on the same page. And like I said, he's a smart man. And uh, He listened to me. I listened to him. We communicate very, very well. Uh, even when he's out of town, uh, he runs a football league. Look, the football thing you got going on, that's his personal business up in the Northeast because they really don't have spring football. So he goes up there during the spring and he has these spring football games and tournaments for these kids to try to for them to get more um, more film and, 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 and get themselves in college up in the, from the Northeast. So uh, being able to coach with someone like that and being on the same page, just the whole staff, period. The way it starts from up top and the way Roger runs his program, uh, I mean, it's like I said before, you know, it's, it's a five-star program. So but I think going out of town and playing, no, we're not losing to it. We're not losing to anybody. Man. What's the best high school team you've seen, like any year? Not necessarily just St. Thomas, like uh, coaching, whether it was in Miami or whatnot, where you went up against them and said, man, this this is just a stick. 
they got Coach, Sol- Coach Solid's team when I was in high school. Uh, they beat us to go Alfred. to state. We we beat them to go. We beat them to become number one in the uh, in the state, and then they beat us to go to state. You know, in the playoff, we beat them fourteen seven, and then they beat us. They beat us seven zip to go to state. Oh. You know, uh, so was that Troy and, Davis was that before? No, that, that, that was right before um, Troy. That was that was they had a little guy named McCray. Okay. I can't remember all the guys, but they had some little. But he had like those look. But man, he ran that veer. You know, he he ran that ball. So they had Shannon Stewart, who's one of my um, good friends to to the, to this day. That he signed with Florida State, but he went second round in baseball and had like a fourteen fifteen um, major league baseball career. So Shannon and I, we keep in contact. You know, we both made first team all state, all all county as uh, safeties. You know, so I have a lot of respect for Shannon. But I think one of the best teams I ever saw or played against in high school was um, that South Southridge squad. What about Jacory and them team, the Northwestern team that went undefeated? Yeah, I uh, I coached against them. Um, I coached against them. I was the defensive back coach at Century that year that that they played. We played them in the Orange Bowl, and we had them on the ropes for a minute, you know, until we threw an interception right before halftime. And I think they beat us like. 22-18 or maybe 22-14, something like that. They were good. It was a lot of talent, but I, I personally don't think that they were the best that I ever played against or coached against in high school. Gotcha. You know, Friday Night Lights is something special, right? Like, obviously, whether it's a TV show, whether it's the movie, but being able to go out there, especially, you know, you go out to, you know, George Smith started St. Thomas and, you know, what he has transcended and now what Rogers taking over, you know, Friday nights at, at St. Thomas, it, it gets pretty, it gets pretty lit, right? Like, don't get me yeah. wrong. Don't, 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 the people yeah. over there, they enjoy yeah. their football over there at St. Thomas. Yeah. So how hard is it to get tickets? Like, like, say if I wanted to slide through, do I just, you know, hit up E and be like, yo, I need a ticket for the game? Or what are we doing here? Honestly, I, I, can, I, can, <laughs> I, I can't even tell you right now, but I can, I can definitely, I can definitely find out for you. Uh, Rod, Roger and I have a lot of respect for each other. Uh, because actually Earl was supposed Earl was supposed to go to St. Thomas. That's where he was supposed to go to school. And uh, but he, you know, you know, he you know, he started building his um his uh his friends and start building his love, you know, uh, to go to Heritage, you know, and then some of his friends end up leaving Heritage and going to St. Thomas. So Jeez. Um, and it kinda, you know, I didn't like the way certain things were going on over there. So you know, another thing that I didn't do, but it crossed my mind. I w- I'd be lying to you if I said it, it didn't cross my mind that I was like, man, you know, I, I might just take him to St. Thomas for his senior year. But I didn't do that because that would be doing something that he not, he doesn't want to do. Right. You know, uh, so uh, so I didn't do that, you know, but it all worked out perfect for him, you know, whatever. But uh, but I don't know. I can't tell you how that goes. But man, uh, I'll have to hit up the, the AD. Like I know the AD over there, there pretty well. There so I just have to hit up twice. So, and let me ask you that. Obviously, you guys are you guys are alumni. You played together. Like, how is that relationship now with St. Thomas between you two? Man, Twan and I have always been. Uh, Twan and I has always been really, really cool. Uh, uh, we got we kind of got like the, I don't want to say the exact same personality, but we both kind of like laid back, chill, mellow type guys. You know, whatever. But when it comes down to getting busy, you know, we can we can turn up if we have to. You know, uh, but he does a great job, man. That 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 brother. That brother works his tail off over there, man. There sometimes Twan don't leave, um, he don't leave um, the campus, you know, until late, late at night, you know, and um, because he got so much going on. And um, like last weekend, not this past weekend, the weekend before, they had a, a little football tournament out there. Not a tournament, they just had a bunch of like five youth football games, you know, and me, him, and like six other coaches, seven, it was seven of us total. Uh, 
and we had to clean up a whole we cleaned up a, we cleaned up a whole lot of trash i have so much respect for those workers i always had respect for people that work my mom used to work in a, in, a, in the hotels and stuff but uh but just for those custodians and those cleanup people that have to clean up after fans at stadiums man we did that as you know we did that because i guess the person didn't bring the volunteer people that was supposed to come help do that stuff so we ended up doing it because you know we had a football camp at the school the yeah. next morning right so man we was out there we was out there they left at like 2 30 i left at 1 20 when i thought we were done so when they went back into the school from the parking lot there was more trash on the mini field so they ended up leaving like at two two o'clock in the morning but but that's what we do uh over there at saint thomas you know you know, I, I always make sure everywhere we go, man, I mean, the restaurants and stuff, like I'm taking all the little pieces of paper, put them on the plates, man. Like I clean up after myself. There was there was a, a video from Lake Tahoe in California uh, after a 4th of July celebration. And, you know, California is supposed to be this, you know, oh, we, you know, we're all so environmentally sound and everything. And you look at it, it's just littered with trash up in front of the water. And you're just like, man, really? Like, it's that hard just to clean up after yourself. Tailgates are the worst too, the way that people leave their stuff around the tailgates, man. Every time right. I'm walking around, trying to drive out of the parking lot, you're rolling over beer bottles and stuff. I'm like, man, it's crazy. I literally saw a guy, cause we, cause I was, we were out there, we wanted to watch some football. So I'm thinking we're gonna, I probably watched out of five games, I probably watched 15 snaps mm-hmm. the whole time we were out there. So, so cause me and Roger, we just say, hey man, let's just start cleaning up, man. Look at the garbage bins. They been they about to be over overcrowded. Uh, over, they about to flood over. So Roger and I, man, we went and put on our blue rubber gloves. We went, <laughs> we, we went to the janitor spot. We got we got a bunch of trash bags. And that's what we did. You know, we we didn't we didn't give a dang what people thought about us. They're like, oh man, look at these dudes picking up trash. Some people probably knew who we were, some people probably didn't know who we were, but we didn't care what people thought. We went out there and we did what we had to do to help our um, place look good. And it's like, I saw a guy that same day drinking a Capri Sun, took the straw out and just threw it on the ground and the garbage can was five feet away from him. But still chewed on the straw. Yeah. <laughs> Chewing on that on, on that straw that may cause him cancer one day. Right. We When we have practice for with my kids, with my travel team, you would see them, they're always throwing bottles around and we were always the last group Somehow the seventh graders got stuck practicing until 9.30 at night, which was fine. I looked around and I grabbed every one of them. I said, y'all done lost y'all damn mind. That's right. <laughs> by myself cleaning up behind y'all. I said, since y'all don't want to clean, get on the baseline. Right. He looked at me, coach, we already done practice. No, no, no. You're going to run suicide till I'm done picking up y'all trash. That's right. And I made him run suicide. And guess right. what? Next practice, it wasn't a damn thing left on the sideline. That's right. <laughs> that, you know what? That, that's part of home training. And, yeah, if yeah. You, and if they're not getting it at home, that's what we as coaches, we have to be that that extended parent for away from home. And those are the things that we have to teach these kids because a lot of these kids, they don't have it. Or some of them, well, a lot of them do have it, but a lot of them get out in public and they start thinking they could just go ahead and do whatever or whatever. But then as a as a, as a coach, you have to go ahead and remind them, like, no, you're going you're gonna to run these extra gases until I pick it up or you're going to pick it up and you're going to run some extra gases at the same time. So let me ask you, Earl. Um, you know, what do you think the effect of all this seven-on-seven stuff is coming up? Is it is it helping or hurting? And I think I know the answer, but you know, what's it doing to these kids that are out there, man? That are man. Seven-on-seven. This is how it should be ran. I remember when I first got to high school, we were doing seven-on-seven. You know, amongst the team, your team. 
Porter now it became now yeah now this during the summer like before camp even started so now it's kind of it done turned into a business right you know and it's like this national seven on seven national champs or whatever here's what i don't like about it. now it is it, it, a plus and a minus for it the plus for it you know the receivers the skill guys on both sides of the ball they can work on their defensive coverages and the receivers can work on their route and the quarterback and their timing that's the great thing about it the, the the negative about it when i see these guys doing some of these things that like clapping in a dude's face oh, like taunting these guys 100%. you know then you see the guy punch this kid oh yeah or you see a guy in press coverage and he grabs the kid and he holds him and he and he and he bull he bull rushes him into people that are standing in the back or you see that you see that type of stuff going on and you like and they are and, and they cheering it on and the supposedly coaches are rooting this stuff on. I'm like, that's not ball. We're not, you're not teaching these guys ball. So uh I never, I really wasn't a fan of it. Now my son played in a couple seven on sevens um when he was uh, when he was in middle school and stuff like that. And and I think he did maybe one or two in high school, but not like a tournament, you know. Now he played in the tournament out in Vegas. But my point is. He didn't do he didn't do much of that because for one, injuries can happen. And I said if you're gonna get injured, get injured playing with your football team in a real practice, or in a, or in a game, you know. And because these guys doing all this stuff on seven on seven, man, you ain't getting no scholarship by doing that on seven on seven on seven. If you can do all that stuff on seven on seven, if you're not playing on Friday night and you ain't, and you ain't, you ain't putting that work in and making plays on Friday night, it doesn't matter. So if you could, so if you truly believe that you're gonna get a scholarship by playing seven on seven football, just play seven on seven football and don't play in the fall and see how that works out. Facts, facts. All that extracurricular stuff, bro. When I say that drives me nuts, and I'm a trash talk. I mean, you know, you grow up in South Florida, <laughs> trash talk is in our veins. No I, doubt, no at doubt. Forty-seven with two torn Achilles, I'll still I still talk trash on the basketball court, and I can't move. I'll tell them turn around and look at it. But this crap here, we're all about the same age. That'll get your ass whooped. Like no that, that'll get you shot these days. <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm gonna go to the Dave Chappelle wish creed, or maybe that was Dave Chappelle. Who was it? I, it may have been said the entertainer. I wish mm, yeah, yeah, I wish I would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. would clap yeah. in my face like that. Right. Man, I'm gonna yeah. knock every tooth out of your mouth. That, that that's what I don't like about it. But then, but that's where the adults and that's where the officials, you know, they got to get going on like. We had uh, they had that one on one challenge that they do. Uh, I forgot the the kid that played kicker for UCF. The storm. Had, what is it? What is it? The guy the storm. Yeah, no, he's like that one. big social. Yeah, he, he yeah. just had that one on one best DBs best receiver for like yeah. a thousand bucks. Well, he had it at St. Thomas. It was it was it was a uh, it was a ten rack. The the, the pool with ten racks, whatever. But Damn. so, but they they split it. They split they split it. But. When I was out there and I'm watching it, guys are running their routes and they doing double moves 20 yards downfield. Mm -hmm. That's not football. That's not football. And I'm not, I'm not knocking Buddy Hustle because you know, he's a YouTuber, he's getting it. But when it comes to ball, have a run real routes, route tree, learn the route right. tree and know how to play football. That's that's the issue that I have with it. So I don't, I'm not gonna knock knock these guys for making their money and his hustle. And I'm not knocking him at all because he's a cool guy. So actually, we I never met him and we chopped it up a couple of times while we were out there. Uh, like we've been knowing each other for, for a long time. But that's just how 
when that's how this football fraternity is. But I just think that if you're gonna do something like that, let's just do it the right right way. Like running right. double moves, twenty and thirty yards downfield. Right. That, that that's not football. So we got a couple of minutes left. Um, what what was the best party spot at the University of Miami while you were there? Where, where were y'all the rat, going? The, the rat the rat skeleton on campus. <laughs> <laughs> Did you, yeah. in, did you ever make it into Pack Jam or Strawberries, or were you not old oh, enough? For them? Pack Jam, yeah, that definitely, that definitely. <laughs> but that was more on the north end. That was up, up that was up, uh, that was in the city, up in Liberty right. City, or uh, right off, um, right off Eighty Second Street and then North Miami Avenue. That was the latest one. That was that was the last one Luke had. But uh, but you had the Rat Skeller. That was one of the fun spots. Lime Key. That was a little right. little bar dealer dance spot they had uh, down south called Lime Key. Uh, that that was it. That was pretty much it. Unless you went or on the, or the Titanic, you had to hang out in the Titanic. No, <laughs> no, nah, no, nah, nah, I didn't hang out in the Titanic. No, that's right across from the baseball city, right? Yeah, <laughs> <No>. the Titanic Brewery. <laughs> you know what? That's where all the white people hang out. <laughs> I only, my first time ever. I never went there when I was at the U. I never knew it existed until about. I went down there with Harry, and um, I went to see Harry. Got some stuff out uh, out of all sport, and um, and then they, they, I think we did. He did a radio show. Um, yeah, did a little radio show or something there at one point. Radio. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they did that there one time, and that was probably about maybe four or five years ago. I never really knew that place existed there. It's not bad. We eat there from time to time before we go to a baseball game. So Shout okay. out to our guy Harry Rothwell too. So yeah, man. So a right, quick question before we got about a minute left. Um, are we going to see you at any games this year? Man, I would uh, I know they they send all uh, the emails out. I get all the alumni emails, and it's kind of different with me because, you know, I can't I can get coaches tickets, but since I coach high school ball, I get the coaches Correct. tickets, which means I only could get those tickets. Now, if I I would have to buy my own tickets, I can't get the alumni tickets. Yeah, that's a, one, that's one of those bullcrap NCAA rules that they have because I'm an alum. You know, I yeah. coach at a high school that would be giving the U favoritism over a kid, but I'm not forcing no kid to go to the U, anything like yeah. that, you know? So, uh, so I'm gonna try to get to a couple games if I can this year. Uh, but you know, we'll, we'll see. Uh, I definitely would like, like, like to see, uh, some of the, I, I just love football. I, I, I love the program. Like I went to, I went to the Virginia game last year. I went to the NC state game last year. Uh, so, you know, I think maybe one more. Uh, so yeah, whenever I can get out there, I, I'll try to get down there. Well, obviously, November 5th is FSU weekend, so obviously that would be a good one to come to. So, you know, you know, you got to come down there and represent. So, yeah. So, John, why don't you go ahead and close this up tonight, and then uh, we can chop it over off air if he wants to stay. So, John, go ahead and close this out. Well, first and foremost, Earl, appreciate you taking uh, well over an hour and some change to hang out with us. <laughs> you made the whole show. It's the whole show. Yeah, the show is done. No problem, man. No problem. Yeah, anytime. You check us out, Sirius XM Channel 145. Till next week, for Co, for Bird. Earl Little Sr., JM, at John Michaels U. Holla at your boy. See ya. The views and opinions expressed on Kane Gang are entirely those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio.